Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is... Tyler Crawley. Welcome, everyone, to the... Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am the aforementioned host of this podcast, Tyler Crawley, and it's a slow week. I'm not going to lie. It's not last week, and it's not, you know, next week's going to be crazy. We got CPI, Fed meeting, all that crazy stuff. Uh, This week's a little relaxed, a little chill, and so uh, we got some time to dive into some of these reports that we have already gotten this week. And we'll be getting, and mostly they're not market moving reports. Uh, I was talking to a few people yesterday in the business. They were asking me what I thought was going to happen with rates. And I said, well, we don't have any really big reports that are coming out this week that are going to cause rates to move one way or the other. So, you know, I don't know. Unless something crazy happens in the markets, it looks like rates will remain kind of where they are. Uh, And yesterday was a great example of that. So yesterday we started the podcast you know, before the market opens and the 10 year was looking like it was going to open four or five basis points higher than where it closed the day before after a nine point jump. And I said, uh Oh, we're going to see rates jump back to where they were last week, you know, before we got the whole debt deal taken care of. And then for some reason they fell <laughs> and they went back to kind of where they were on Friday's close and looking at the markets right now, the 10 years at about 3.71% up just under two basis points. And, you know, it's kind of hovering around once again, where it was on Friday's close a little bit higher, but no real big moves one way or the other. And you know, that kind of makes sense. Like I said, there's no major reports that are coming out this week that are going to influence or give people an idea of what the Fed is either going to be doing, what they're going to announce. We're not getting that. Uh, looking at equity markets, I mean, everything's down about a tenth of a percent. <laughs> so no real moves, no real moves. But these reports are important because, especially for us in the real estate business, and so let's start with the big report that we got yesterday from Black Knight looking at home price. Well, they look at a lot of things. They look at kind of the overall mortgage market, but it's a really good indicator of what is happening with home prices. And not surprisingly, I mean, I think most people thought that we were going to be seeing this, home prices rose for the fourth consecutive month. Once again, according to this Black Knight Mortgage Monitor report, home prices rose at a seasonally adjusted rate of 0.46% in April, which was down from the 0.6% gain that we saw in March and was actually pretty close to the 30-year average. Or I should say, yeah, the the average of the last 30 years. I I was thinking like the 30-year fixed rate. And I was like, wait, what? The 30-year average uh, is about 0.48% growth month over month. Proving that home prices only go up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Annual home price growth rate slipped, however, to zero, flat. And that is the first time that we have not seen an increase in the year over year 
stat since the Great Recession. But that's also not surprising. You know, we're all waiting for when we're finally going to get that negative number. We've seen it with the National Association of Realtor data. We have not seen it yet with Kay Schiller, but that might happen either this month or next month. And of course, we're talking about April here, and that will be the next report from Kay Schiller. Uh, so that's not surprising. And the growth that we're seeing month over month is not all that surprising. Here is what might be a little bit surprising. So they're looking at you know the data that's coming in and making projections for what's going to be happening. At its current trajectory, Black Knight says the annual home price growth rate would only fall modestly below 0% for a very short time before pulling back above water by late Q2, early Q3. Which is kind of amazing because everyone thought we were going to have this huge correction because of what was happening with mortgage rates and credit tightening for that matter. We'll talk about that in a second. And it didn't happen. Why? Well, we all know why. Inventory. And this report once again highlights how insane the inventory problem is. Inventory has now fallen in 95% of the major markets through the first four months of 2023. Now, I apologize. In the newsletter, I said 2022. (laughs) It is not 2022. It is 2023. Uh, Even though in 2022, the same thing was happening. We were seeing inventory declines. Inventory levels have now fallen in eight of the past nine months and are back to within 11% of the record low that we saw in March. And I have to remind everyone of this reality. And that is, normally, at this moment, inventory levels should be 15 to 20% where they right now they should be 15 to 20% from where they were in January. We are below where we were in January by about 15 to 20%, depending on which data you're looking at. That's how problematic the I was it's funny cuz I was watching I got Bloomberg on in the background and I was watching Bloomberg before the show started and they were talking about this and they were saying like how, you know, builders even though it's not an ideal time to build, you know, they're still dealing with supply chain issues, not as bad as it was. Commodity prices are still higher than they would like. Uh, Labor costs are surging. Uh, Land is expensive. There's so many factors that you would think that home builder confidence would be, you know, I don't want to say falling because it fell to, you know, lows that we saw at the end of last year, but it would be maybe holding at those levels and they're rising. And we know why. I mean, you read these, these home builder reports. I think it was Robert Dietz, uh, who is the chief economist over at the Home Builders Association, said it's because there's no inventory. There's no existing inventory. So if anyone wants to buy a home, they have to go to new builders. And I think the stats are in a normal market, 10 to 15% of homes on the market are new. And right now, I think it's like close to 30. And so there's just there's such little existing inventory that you have to go. Uh, if you're looking to buy the new home route, they're making up a much bigger share. Now, I mentioned credit tightening. This is also an important factor because one of the concerns 
is that with these rising borrowing costs and lack of inventory, meaning home prices are staying high, it is getting more expensive to buy a home. And people were concerned that, you know, with, you know, these golden handcuffs that exist out there with all these people who have bought a home, who are great borrowers, that we've run out of good and great borrowers. And so now we're going to start going back to what happened in the mid aughts, where we start loaning money to people who probably shouldn't own a home. And that that's the only people out there left. The people who, you know, can buy are comfortably sitting in a home with a very attractive rate and they have no incentive to leave. And so the only people out there, the potential buyers are bad. They're going to be bad borrowers. They're not going to have enough money to put down. They're going to have a bad credit score. And that's what's going to cause the housing crisis. Because, <laughs> you know, the, these crash bros, every theory they've had so far has fallen apart. You know, first they thought inventory was going to explode. Then they thought prices were going to collapse. And like none of these things are happening. And so they got, they're like, oh, now this is what's going to happen. And there's no evidence that that is happening. And in fact, it's the exact opposite. So the average loan to value ratio for purchase rate locks, according to Black Knight, stood at 85.5%. That is down from 87% in early January and is down from the high that we saw in April of 2020 at 89.7. So that means people are borrowing less money in relationship to what their home is worth. That's good. Because that's the concern, right? Is that that's what caused 2008. People were putting no money down. When home prices slipped, they had no equity in the home. Their uh, rate readjusted. They couldn't afford the payment. So why not just walk away? When you have equity in the home, when you have skin in the game, you have a reason to stay in the home. And so people are putting more money down. Down payments, therefore, are increasing. In fact, according to Black Knight, the down payments averaged over $81,000, $81,500 in mid-May, up from around $50,000 before the pandemic. The average down payment for conforming mortgages topped hundred dollars for the first time ever in May. So people are putting some serious money down. <laughs> uh, average credit scores have risen seven points for purchase locks from December lows with the average credit score on April purchase closings at the highest level since they started collecting this data in 2000. So anyone who is concerned that people are higher credit risks, are not putting enough money down, are just bad borrowers, that's gone. <laughs> that is gone. That is, that's not happening. What we're seeing is actually credit is tightening up and they're making sure that these people can make their payments. And so they're putting more money down, they have a lower LTV, and they have higher credit scores. I mean, that's what you want to be seeing. And really what's causing this is affordability issues. I mean, people who are probably bad borrowers cannot come up with that sizable down payment that you're going to need in order to be able to afford a home right now. That's the real big problem. It's not that we have bad borrowers. It's the people who are on the fence are getting pushed off the fence and just can't buy. Uh, with higher rates and higher prices, affordability continues to be a problem. Currently, 34.2% of the median household income is required to 
to make a principal and interest payment on the median priced home nationwide. Now, this is a little better than the 36.8% that we fall that we saw last fall when the 30-year fixed hit 7%, but that is well up from what most people would consider affordable. You know, you want to have that number below 30%. No doubt about it. And right now it's at 34.2%, meaning over a third of someone's income is just going to go to principal and interest. And then of course, everything else that goes with, with owning a home, whether you have, you know, mortgage insurance, your HOA, uh, your homeowner's insurance, I mean, whatever it is, um, that also will go into owning a home <laughs> along with repairs and everything else. And so just having pay, uh, principal and interest taking up 34% of the median income, that's a problem. Uh, and what's causing that, or I should say the result of that is home sales are falling. According to the same report, home sale volume fell in April following modest rises in both February and March. In fact, sales volume is now only 4% above the lows that we saw in January. And they're expecting this to remain depressed while borrowing rates are where they're at. And yes, I mean, that's not ideal, especially for someone who's in the mortgage business. But the good news is the industry is not doing what it did in the mid 2000s, which is, uh oh, you know, we're not doing enough volume. So what we're going to do is we're going to start giving anyone with a face a mortgage. And so we're not seeing the bad lending standards return that we saw in the mid aughts that, of course, caused the Great Recession. Now, Andy Walden, Black Knight's vice president of enterprise research, says the gridlocked housing market has begun to feed on itself. It's kind of this horrible feedback loop. Elevated interest rates continue to weigh on both affordability and demand, and they're simultaneously constructing, or excuse me, constricting, supply as well as would-be sellers who locked in ultra low rates earlier in the pandemic continue to sit on the sidelines. The combination of lower supply and demand in April led to both slowing sales and firming prices that, yeah, I mean, it's this weird scenario where because rates are high, people don't want to sell their homes because people don't want to sell their homes. We have no inventory because there's no inventory. When someone does want to buy a home, there are multiple bids. There are people competing. That competition means that home prices are not going to fall. So even though sales volume has fallen to very low levels, so is inventory. If just one of those was normal, we would see obviously a extreme one way or the other. So if inventory levels were depressed and sales volume was normal levels, we would see prices skyrocketing, which is what we saw happen um, during the pandemic or probably sales volume was a little elevated vice versa. If we saw regular inventory levels with this low volume, we would see prices drop drastically like they are in some places like, um, San Francisco, Seattle, Austin, places where we're seeing double digit drops in home prices. But because we have really low sales volume, really low inventory prices are holding. And because prices are holding, everyone, so it, it's like this horrible feedback loop <laughs> where, so that therefore prices are going to remain high and interest rate. And so it's, we, the first thing that's going to have to break is interest rates are going to have to fall. That will then, the people who, because we know there's pent up demand out there. There are people who are in homes 
that are either too small or too big, and there is no sense, makes no sense for them to leave those homes. And so they're waiting, and they're waiting. Because they're not going to give up 2.5% mortgage, 3% mortgage, 3.5% mortgage for a 7% mortgage, and possibly a bigger home, a more expensive home. Or vice versa. You're not going to give up a 2.5% mortgage and move into a smaller home and have your cost be the same. <laughs> that would make no sense. So we need, we're going to need to see rates. And then when that happens, we are going to see that pent-up demand explode. Um, but in the meantime, we're stuck in this like horrible, like I said, feedback loop where nothing's going to change as long as all these factors remain the same. Um, did want to jump on. We'll talk about this in more detail tomorrow, but just give you the headline number. We got the CoreLogic Home Price Insights report, which, you know, they're always kind of back-to-back CoreLogic and Black Knight. Very similar report. Their numbers are different. Uh, they're looking at year-over-year home prices still up 2%, while m- meanwhile, month-over-month month was almost double, uh, triple, actually. I think what was the last one? Uh, Black Knight was 446 CoreLogic has home prices up 1.2%. But they're still still showing the same thing, which is four months of prices increasing, slowing with regards to the year-over-year rate, but nothing disastrous. Once again, exactly what we expected to see. You have hot markets, you have slow markets. I mean, they have Miami still up 13.2%. Meanwhile, the worst market is actually Las Vegas, huh? They have Las Vegas as the worst, down 4.1% year over year. Uh, Phoenix down 3.7%. And then San Diego down, or sorry, LA, down about 2.8%. So we'll get into that report on tomorrow's podcast, but just wanted to give you, you know, kind of evidence to hear you have these two reports. Different numbers a little bit, but overall showing the same thing. Home prices increasing month over month. Home prices slowing year over year. Uh, we mentioned inventory. We should talk about the Altos report. Comes out every week. I'm a fan of this report. Uh, they had single family homes at 436,000. That was a slight increase from last week, 0.7%. But that's now the third week that we have seen inventory levels rise. That's good. Keep your fingers crossed that continues. Uh, And we're now at the highest level. Inventory is now at the highest level since February. Now, of course, why is this report showing inventory levels rising? And we just talked about the Black Knight report showing inventories continuing to fall. That's looking at April. This is looking at June. (laughs) So this is like Recent data. This is up-to-date data versus these other reports that are lagging one, two, three months. Uh, However, inventory levels are still down 11% from the start of 2023. So we're seeing improvements, but we haven't even gotten back to where we were when the year started. So that is one thing both reports have in common. The median price of single-family homes held at 450,000, so that means it was unchanged from last week, but it's still up 11% from the start of the year at when it was 405,000. You got to love how inventory levels are down 11% from the start of the year and home prices are up 11. I mean, it's like a perfect perfect mirror. <laughs> uh, and just over 30% of the homes on the market have taken a price cut which is a normal level this time of year. 
and is down significantly from the 38% that we were seeing at the beginning of the year. And I think down from the peak, I think we were almost like 50% rate cuts uh, or price cuts, excuse me. Uh, And this year, it should be noted, or this time of year, price reductions are usually accelerating much more quickly because, you know, we had the buying season, then you move into summer and things kind of slow down and we're not really seeing that. Mike Simonson, CEO of Altos, says inventory is expected to rise, but he noted that models have been consistently wrong this year. I love his honesty because that's how you know someone is data dependent um, or data driven, I should say. And that's what I like about him. He's not motion. He's not, you know, well, this is what I think is going to have. He's not set in a position. He's saying wherever the data takes me is what I'm going to report. I mean, I think that's smart. It's like the John Maynard Keynes quote, right? When the facts change, my opinion changes. What do you do, sir? I mean, that's, that's the way you should be. And that's why a lot of these crash bros are just totally just, they're getting more and more pathetic because so much data has changed and they're still sticking to this premise that they form. A lot of them at the start of the pandemic <laughs> and they like won't well, now this is going to cause the crash and then this is going to cause it's like maybe there won't be a crash Did you ever think about that uh so mike simonson says the model expects three percent inventory growth each of the next three weeks the peak of the spring inventory is now but at the constricted pace we've been facing this year the model has been consistently overestimating I think that would be very true. Um, And like I said, I give props to Mike Simonson for admitting that and saying, hey, listen, the models have been wrong. And I think it's important to note that. Um, All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. Once again, looking at the 10-year, oh, down a little bit, about 3.7. 3.69. So once again, kind of hovering at that level where it was on Friday's close. And my prediction, it's not data-driven, just sort of what I know and looking at the markets and no major reports, that that is probably where we're going to be at the end of the week. And the next week with CPI and the Fed meeting and everything else, that's when you're going to see some movement with rates. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm I'm frequently wrong. Um, all right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. We'll be back here Wednesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.